0: In the house of the Lord tonight, amen. Amen. on a Wednesday night, battling all week with crazy people in the world, just come in and get clean tonight, amen, y'all help me sing this, because it's good to be together again. We're together
1: again, just praising the Lord, we're together again.
0: Was working on the job this week and uh, I have a guy that was there. He asked me, he said, what does the grace of God mean? And I said, the grace of God is his grace to you that that he allows you to that he gives you for mercy grace and mercy to bring, to bring you through and that song hit me when I was talking to him about about the grace of God. Somebody that just didn't know what the grace of God, the grace of God saves you and it fills you and it gives you a second chance. Amen. So, and I was explaining to him, that song hit me, and I said, well, I want to sing that. And I was going around the house singing it, and she was telling me, she's going to sing that? I was like, yeah, I'm going to try singing sing it. Okay. Let's sing it one more time. It's your grace
1: and mercy.
0: some grace and mercy in their lives amen uh, justin paschal which is uh sister tracy's son-in-law and brother uh, nathan he's got fluid that keeps building up in his lungs so they have to drain it twice a week so let's let's keep in mind our prayers they don't really know what's wrong right now but we serve a god that can heal him amen uh, we want to remember brother ron spencer sister veronica they're still dealing with their troubles and we have an unspoken requer- prayer request for Sister Shirley, elder. Uh, her family needs special yeah. needs. Amen. Has special needs. We'll just remember her. And the Norod girls are still uh, dealing with this sickness. Now they have the stomach virus. We want to remember them in prayer. Yeah. And also want we'll to remember Brother Mark and the ones that are traveling. And uh, maybe God, may God, will keep his hand upon them. Amen. Yeah. Brother Jonathan, why don't you come pray over this
2: request? man you're happy to be in church amen it's such a wonderful time together together amen let's remember no sunday school sunday no sunday school sunday with the special meetings and then immediately following church where the mat's going to be in the back in the choir room for y'all to practice a song for this weekend so be prepared for that so y'all ready to have church amen Amen. let's just enter in heavenly father lord lord we truly love you lord jesus lord we truly honor you this evening lord Lord, we've come out, Lord, and defied the odds of nature and defied the odds of the enemy and fought our ways from every position, Lord, to come into service and worship you tonight, Lord. Lord, we ask you to come down amongst us, Lord. And, Lord, you see the needs that we've laid before us, Lord, and the hands that was raised. You see everything that's coming upon us that we don't even know about yet, Lord. And we ask for your grace and your mercy, Lord. Give us the healing power, Lord. Give us salvation, Lord Jesus. Give us wisdom and the right things to say and do. Lord, we ask you to come amongst us now, Lord, and bless this service, Lord. And, Lord, let it not be for naught or another Wednesday night, but, Lord, that you truly reigned on the throne tonight, Lord, and be with Brother Matt the musicians, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Till up the ground. Get us ready for your word, Lord. And Lord, praise the Pastor, Lord, as he would come. Lord Jesus I ask you just to Lord give it all to him tonight Lord Jesus Lord give him a full reassurance Lord give him a full strengthening in his body and mind Lord that he could stand here Lord and just deliver what you have for us Lord and Lord no matter what comes against it Lord it can't stand it can't prosper against the word of God Lord and Lord we yield this we yield our bodies we yield our minds everything that we are is in your hands now Lord Come take this church service, Lord. Come take each individual, Lord. Be with us now, Lord. We love you. We praise you, Lord, in your lovely name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: One day I'm going to take a step
1: toward my yeah.
0: give him thanks tonight amen Amen. we'd have the brothers come with the offering you can have your seats has a lot of meaning amen
2: because
0: he said if you walk with your dove you know when that when you when you say something wrong or you do something wrong somebody that little dove flies off you want to be filling your day every day with love amen. You know? amen. sister adrian if you want to come sing for
3: Jesus Christ, good to be in the house of the Lord to worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth. Certainly enjoy all the songs tonight, appreciate you brother Matt, thank you all the musicians and that wonderful song from our precious sister Adriana. God bless you, I touched my heart tonight, so it's such a blessing to see the young people up singing of the goodness of God and you know we can never ever out exhaust the goodness of God. It's like an endless ocean. Yeah. Praise God. We just keep coming to him. and I believe that's what he wants us to do tonight, to come to him. Uh, so tonight, we thank the Lord for being here and to worship God with you. I want to thank you, those of you who have left a review there for us. We appreciate you for doing that. That is for the local um, outreach ministry in our area, uh, for people who are looking on our sites and such like, and we have tracked uh, the um, traffic on the website, and we're we're noticing a lot of local um, uh, inquiry of the website, so it helps boost the traffic into. It's an outreach ministry for our local area. That's what all that was all about. It's not about any anything uh, else, but to try to reach out to the local community, and I believe that we should uh, uh, try to reach out to those around us, and that's the first thing people do when they want to visit a church. is They're checking to see what's going on with the reviews. What is this church all about? So uh, I do the same thing when we're, when we're out and about. So thank you so much. God bless you. Some of you may not have a Google account and that's fine. We appreciate the ones that have left a nice review on there. Thank you so much. I learned some interesting thing tonight uh, uh, from, um, from the ministry and uh, a couple of brothers who had uh, written in to me. And uh, shared some lovely testimonies and evangelists and such like that comes through this church. I didn't realize it, but my ministry had touched their lives for many, many years ago, up to 20 years ago. Some of the brothers who have preached here in the church have testified they came to the church here for the very first time. And the ministry affected their lives. And I won't reveal any names, but we thank God that the the word is going forth uh, to bless the bride of Christ. Uh, We thank God for all of you and for the work of the Lord here. Let's remember uh, this weekend, uh, Saturday at 6, and then Sunday morning at 11. I do want to remind all the sisters concerning dessert. Dessert is very important. Okay, cheesecakes and everything else, you know, delicious and all the everything that there. I love all the nice desserts, so we're expecting a good many. Uh, out of town saints who have uh, written in, texted, call me this week. They'll be coming in for the entire weekend. So we want to be sure that we uh, take care of them well and feed them. So we'll provide the, the meals. And if you'll take care of the dessert, I'm sure uh, we'll have plenty in the house. So God bless you. We love you. You know, evangelism is good. It's good to, um, it's good to have the evangelist and to be uh, have evangelistic ministries. And that's wonderful. And it starts out. It keeps us all stirred up, but we have to also understand that we can't live being stirred up. We have to be fed. We have to be taught. We have to hear the Word of God. We can't just have every service evangelistic. We can't have every... If if I come to every service here and just keep stirring you up and evangelizing you, you will never learn. You will never be taught. And that's what the pastor's ministry is all about, is to teach the congregation... To teach you the ways of life. So we thank God for all of our evangelists. We appreciate them stirring the church. But we also have to be fed on the word of God. Be thought of the Lord uh, to, to, um, to be open for God to teach us tonight. So we'll go back into series Proverbs chapter 11 verses 29. This has been our key scripture in this, um, in this segment that I've dealt with. Uh, this is uh, the family part 16, dealing with conflict in a family. This is part four, and hopefully tonight I'll be able to finish up on this uh, thought. And I believe tonight I will cover the applications to avoid a family conflict. A real gospel teacher, a real gospel pastor, he will hold his congregation and will instill in them godly principles. Godly teachings that will hold them in life and that is my job as a shepherd is to feed you and teach you on the Word of God. This is the absolute. this is still the absolute. The Bible is the absolute word of God and this is where we come back to every time. in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 29 he that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind and the fool shall be servant. To the wise of heart. And if you'll give us that in the Amplified Bible, it reads like this. He who troubles, mismanages his own house will inherit the wind, nothing. And the foolish will be a servant to the wise hearted. I want you to watch that. He who troubles, mismanages his own house will inherit nothing. Give us the NIV if you don't mind, please. And it says, Whosoever bring ruin on their family will inherit only wind. Yeah. That's the storm, that's destruction. Yeah. And the fool will be servant to, to the wise. And this application goes to every aspect of our lives tonight, not just simply with our family, but ever, our everyday welfare in life. We have to apply God's word tonight. So I will deal with this tonight, the Lord helping us. How many has got a need tonight? Would you lift your hands up before God? Lord Jesus, as we come before you tonight, Lord, we're so grateful to be in the house of God. We thank you for this time that we have to worship you, Lord, and to come before the people of God to teach them the ways of God, Lord. For many years, you have given us the ministry to feed the body of Christ. Not only locally, but around the globe, Lord. Testimonies after testimony keep coming in, Lord. Seems like every time it seems that I feel pressed, Lord, a text, a message, an email will come in from someone in Germany, in in, in Switzerland, in, in Norway, around the world, in Africa, in Asia, around the globe, locally, Lord, of how the sermon had touched their lives and Transform them in that very moment of their life when things were crucial so lord i pray that i'll yield myself to you tonight as i come before the people here of my own care the ones that you set before me to feed and nourish as you told peter lovest thou me peter feed my sheep Lovest thou me, Peter? Feed my lambs. That's why I'm here tonight, Lord. We pray you'll see every need of every uplifted hand. Meet every request, Lord, and on every heart. And we commit this service into your hand in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church said. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. And I'm not going to keep you too, too long tonight because uh, the kids are back in school. But I, I, I want to I just... Um, uh, kind of finish up this uh, area that I've been talking to you about because you understand that things that I speak to you of on it's, uh, it goes beyond just this um, this congregation here. It it has to deal with experience circumstances, matters that uh, we have been involved with at a very young age. Uh, Deanna and I, we didn't ask for that, but she was 19, I was 20. When the Holy Spirit placed the ministry into our hand, and we, we we started out very very young, rookies, just learning as we go. But it's it's been our life. We are we are we're we're getting older now, but it has been our entire life. And uh, what I speak to you of, on, I want you to understand. It's the sum of many, many years of, of matters that we have dealt with through the years that I, I've related to you in sermons through the years and just keep recapping those meaningful experiences that we have that hopefully they can be a help to all of us because we do know there's no new thing under the sun. So God has given us His work tonight as the absolute. The quote that I'm about to read you tonight has many, many different applications to life. It could mean a time of trial, a time of darkness, a time of sadness, a time of, uh, uh, of being tested. And also it can be applied tonight to uh, family matters as well. So I want to read it for you. The Invisible Union of the Bride of Christ. The prophet said, We have families... Every family in here is accustomed to that. Every family in here is accustomed to that. As sometimes everything will run fine for you for years. Then all at once you'll hit a spell where uh, we say it many times in the South here when it rains, it pours and everything goes wrong. You're going through a nighttime. Then there's a daybreak, then a night time. So every family experiences uh, these uh, seasons that we go through in life. If life was just smooth sailings and it was all uh, the daybreak, we will never appreciate the Lord Jesus Christ if it was just all midnights. Or, or, uh, or, or day breaks, we, we will never understand what God has placed us in this life over. And you understand, we have said it so many times, it's to bring us into the real person of our representation. Because what you see right now is just the body that God has dropped you into through the, through the, uh, through the union of your mother and your father. But you understand before that there was some intelligence of God that controlled all of this to happen and he deposited you into this life for a reason. A few weeks ago we dealt with part one, the causes of of conflict in family. In part two and three, the cure for conflict in family. And tonight I want to cover the applications to avoid family conflict. Now these areas... It can go into every relationship in your life, maybe a friendship, maybe a a friend, it may be an associate, but uh, directly tonight I'm dealing with the family as it is. So first of all, the Apostle Paul would tell us in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want you to understand that all of sin and come short of the glory of God. This means that all family experience a level of dysfunction. And I am giving you the application now to uh, to avoid a family conflicts how to how to actually deal with this in a in a way of an application. But first I want you to understand that We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This means every one of us, all family, experience a level of dysfunction. And there are no perfect families. Every family unit has conflicts, challenges, and issues in their family. Before any family conflict can be resolved... Accepting this truth will alleviate the pressure of thinking your family situation is hopeless. When you're going to resolve, resolving family matter, you have to look at it as a big problem across the board. Because all of sin and come short of the glory of God. No one can go into dealing with family difficulties uh, 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 thinking that uh, they are the only one or or, or, uh, uh, everyone else is normal because across the board tonight there is that level of uh, dysfunction in every family. You see, by the help of the Holy Spirit, your mindset will then move towards engaging in healthy, very healthy conflict resolution. You have to know that in your mind. You have to resolute that in your mind that there is that level of dysfunction in all families. And before I can resolve matter in my family... This is a curse that started that I never started. It was something that you inherited as a human being. You see, you cannot change what you're not willing to acknowledge is a problem in your family. You have to face the matters. You cannot change it if you are not willing to acknowledge the problem that is across the entire world and all humanity tonight. We are all messed up at some level or another and are dysfunctional. And we have to go into resolving matters with our family with that Knowing that only God can help us and ingrain in our mind the mindset that God can change things in our lives. Understand now that acknowledging the dysfunction does not mean it is acceptable. However, acknowledgement is the first step towards resolution. You have to see it. Look, I've got a dysfunctional family and I've got a, I, I want to change this thing. And I want God to help us to change how we are to a better family, a better relationship. The whole nation, the whole world, all of mankind has been plagued with this disease. But by one man obedience, Jesus Christ, we're able to change that every day in our lives you believe it. Let's all say together again. If you'll give it to, uh, to me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I see my granddaughters, they're saying it. They learned that in school already. All have sinned, Addie, and come short of the glory of God. Only your second day in school. Amen. You know, God knows, God wants us to have that mindset. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. You cannot go into families reserving the right to know I am righteous and I'm better than you. That's the wrong attitude to resolving any conflict in family. You've got to understand that uh, there's dysfunction in this family. And for God to do anything, we've got to acknowledge the problem that is in our, in our face. Secondly, I'm just going to give you some highlights. Now. I want to deal with the area. You must choose your battles wisely. Understand that every, every disagreement, not every disagreement... I deserves a feud. Not every time. Every time that you engage in uh, and disagreeing with someone, does that mean that you need to allow a feud to go on uh, in your family? Uh, you are going to disagree. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to see things differently. You're going to see it from a different angle. You're going to view it from a different perspective. So not every disagreement uh, deserves a, a feud. There are many times you have to agree to disagree. And as long as the matter is not threatening your morals or, or testimony, you have to agree to Disagree. And holding your peace is a great revelation. You you have to learn how to hold your peace. You weren't born with that ingrained inside of you. This comes by the help of the Holy Spirit. That you learn how to hold your peace. And this means that your family situations is turned over to the Lord. I give you the song on Sunday. You've got to turn it over to the Lord. And you'll work it out. Not you. You can't work it out. He's going to work it out. The problem you have, you've got to learn to give it to the Lord and let him work it out. And when you do this, then you come to the place of realizing and practicing this area of our lives. Now, I'm going to tell you something now. There in, in in our heads, in our heads. I I I, I want you to notice that there is uh, there's actually five outlets, two ears, two nostrils, and one mouth. And this is where this is the this is the problem. The mouth outlet is the greatest challenge. <laughs> Of all the outlets on our head that God has given us. Because we have got to learn how to hold our peace in in circumstances. Holding your peace is a great revelation. Understand now, let me give you a Bible principle. Moses would tell the Israelites when they were in the great straits in Exodus 14 and 14. Watch this. Look at the advice he's giving them. The Lord shall fight for you. And he shall hold your peace. In other words, if you hold your peace, the Lord will fight your battles. So we have to understand that we must choose our battles wisely. Not everything is a battle. Not everything is a feud. Not everything is a grudge. Not everything is some resentment that we hold. We have to understand that we are dealing with other mortals that are struggling in the members of their bodies. Every one of us, we're wired different. We're built different. When you bring two individuals together, you have two opinions, two desires. And it's a task to try to blend all of that together. Is that right? Listen, It hasn't always been, uh, you know, uh, a bed of roses for my wife and I. When we got married, we had to blend a lot of things. Her ways, my ways. My, my desire, her desire. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a challenge in life. And so it is with, with families. That you learn, you begin to learn these, these techniques and these skills from the Holy Spirit how to, to apply yourself. We're not ignorant people. God has given us wisdom how to apply yourself in life. We can't just walk through life just saying, I'm predestinated, I got a representation, I'm bride. Preach me a message, let me shout, let me dance, let me do all that. I believe in all of that. But I want to tell you, you got to live where the rubber meets the road and apply your lives tonight. So Here is Moses now. He's dealing with two million people. Imagine that. Imagine two million people and he's trying to blend them together under the vision that God had given him. He's trying to bring these people into a single vision that I'm taking you somewhere. And imagine the problems that he had. I've got a friend over in uh, the Congo, and he has about 30,000 uh, members in his church. And uh, my friend, Brother Hildebrandt and myself, we were in an interview with him, and I asked him one time, I said, um, Brother, how how is it that you deal with all these problems in your church? How is it that you counsel all these people? He said, Very simple. I said, How is that? He said, When they come before me, I listen to them, and I just give them a single sentence, and that that is... Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. You know, that's the best advice you can give uh, uh, 30,000 believers in your church. Just pray. How can you argue with that? You say, well, you're just trying to get off scotch-free. No, just pray. What else is the man supposed to say? Just pray about it. And this is exactly what Moses is telling the people. The Lord shall fight for you he shall hold your peace. And we sing the song many times. If you hold your peace, let the Lord fight your battle of victory. Victory shall be mine. But it's more than a song. It's more than just a, a rhymery. It's more than a parable. It is a reality of life. Learn to hold your tongue. Keep quiet. Remain silent. Silence. You need the revelation like King David had. And he will tell us in Psalms 141 and 3, Set a watch, O God, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. The problem is not our head. The problem is not anywhere else in our body. The problem is our mouths. And if we can harness our tongue and say, Oh, God, uh, I ask you to fill my tongue with the Holy Ghost. God, we ask God to fill everywhere Where else in our bodies uh, with the Holy Ghost but our tongues? But this is the greatest the Bible said. It's just a small, uh, a small uh, a member of the body, but it works such a disaster in, in, in our families. We need a revelation, as King David would say, Set a watch, oh God. Is that your prayer tonight? Set a watch, O oh God, over my mouth. David was careful. He was taking us somewhere. He was saying, God, there's times I say things I shouldn't say, and I'm asking you to watch my words. Set a watch over my words. I love what Brother Branham would Have to say about choosing your battles wisely in a message in His presence. This one is going to really get you. He said, when you realize God is around, you'll watch what you say. Hello, somebody. When you realize that God is around, you'll watch what you say. It's important to understand that. That we must choose our battles wisely. We must realize the unrecognized presence of God is in our midst. Young people, old, all of us, we know that God is with us. And when you realize God is around, you'll watch what you say. That's a good one to put in your refrigerator. That's a good one to ingrain upon our mind. If we know God is around, then you'll watch what you say. You need to keep quiet a little bit and listen to everyday conversation and analyze them. (laughs) Learn how to listen and analyze a matter before you begin to vocalize what is inside of you. Learn how to analyze what has been said. Don't be so quick to begin to respond, but just because someone says something, it doesn't always mean you need a response. You may need time to pray about this. You may need time to analyze this. You may need time to filter this. You may need time to allow God to reveal what that person is saying. But we are so quick in our, uh, in our society, in our age, to want to respond. Fire a text back. Fire email back. Get the message. No, we can slow down and allow God to teach us how to deal with our families. Don't allow the need to be right because you'd engage in unnecessary confrontation with your family members. It should not be the priority in our mind to be right. There's only one right one amongst us and that's Jesus Christ. I just read to you where uh, Paul was telling us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not about me being right. It's about him being right tonight. So don't, don't allow that need to be right to cause you to engage in, in just unnecessary uh, uh, confrontation that means nothing. At the end of the day, it means nothing. Be selective in your approach to conflict resolution. Learn how to, learn how to do it. Learn how to deal with uh, conflicts uh, wisely. Be very careful how you're dealing with matters. You heard the old saying, it takes two to fight. It takes two persons to engage in a battle. If one is silent, uh, then eventually the fire will go down. You have to learn how to silence your spirits. We're not babies, we're Christians tonight. We are not just anybody. We're believers tonight. We're not just floating through life. How long have you been in a message? How long have you been serving God? We are mature Christians that God is teaching us how to apply our lives uh, in our everyday walk. Ask yourself, what are the spoils and rewards for winning the arguments? So what? You won the arguments. What is the reward? What is the spoil? What are you? What did you get out of this argument and this conflict? What did you gain? What star did you acquire? What was the benefit of that conflict? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Your ego got puffed up and that's all there was to it. Only to be let back down at some other point in your life. Nothing has come out of it. Count up the cost. When you're dealing with these matters, count up the cost. Count up life. Count up situations. Realize that only 70 years is allotted to a man. And if you're living any over that, then you're borrowed time. Some of you, whom I'm speaking to now, these young people may not be able to process that, but listen, a decade from now, you'll be sitting here with babies in your arms. Amen. Children, three, four years old, sitting in the back row while I'm still preaching, if I'm still here. Amen. But I'm just telling you, life is so swift and it moves so fast. Before you know it, even James Ryden said it, he said, Life is but what? A vapor. It's like a smoke. And it's gone. You look in the mirror and you look at yourself. Brother Nathan, we all do. And we think, wow, what is happening to us? We're looking different. We're trying to to do everything we can to make ourselves look good again like we used to. But we'll never acquire that. The best we can do is watch out for our health. But God is working us back to the perfect us. But the years are slipping. Time is slipping. And God is bringing us back into that place. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Count up the cost. It may not be worth the fight if there are no substantial returns on your investments. Amen. What are you investing in? Oh, so you won the fight. You got the upper hand. You had the last word. What kind of investment is that? That is a poor investment in life. There are no dividends to that. There are no return dividends upon those things. Reserve your fight for what really matters. I'm not saying that you're not going to have disagreements and have to iron things out and smooth things out and top things out. But I'm just saying reserve your fight for, for what really matters. And there are some fights you will have to be re- resilient over, uh, but not all of them. Not every fight you have to be resilient not every fight you've got to come in with your, with your gloves on. Not every argument you've got to put your helmet on. Take it off. This is not that time. We're not in a ring for that now. We're here to just make family flow and the church flow as a community. And if we're going to grow in Christ, we must understand this revelation tonight. Not everything is important. And why win a battle but lose your family in the process? Why would you want to win a battle and just lose your integrity, your love, your family? You're bringing your, your entire all uh, heritage over non, non-essential things in this life. You believe it for who is right or who is wrong or who said and she said. And they hurt me and they, listen, we've all been hurt. Everybody say hurt. We've all been hurt. Somebody has hurt us at one time or another. That's right. If it's not words, it's, it's from other areas of our lives. We've all been hurt and wounded. And we have to understand that as Christians, we pull ourselves up by the bootstrap and say, Lord, but by your stripes, I am healed. You believe it? Let me just move on a little bit more now. Thirdly, I want to point out to you that a family cannot rightly function without love and prioritizing your, your family. You cannot have a, a proper relationship in a family without true love and prioritizing your family. The Apostle Paul or Peter will tell us, look at First Peter 4 and 8. Uh, he says, above all, love each other deeply. Deeply, I purposefully chose the Amplified on this one. Is above all, love each other deeply. The problem, the love isn't deep enough. We have got to love so deep until, look at the last part of it, because love covers over a multitude of sins. In other words, you are so deeply in love with someone that you see none of their failures, their mistakes, their shortcomings, their sins, their worthlessness, or anything there is. You are so involved deeply in love. You ever heard the saying, you got a face only a mother can love. Well, that's how love should be to everybody else amen that you love someone so deeply that you're going beyond every boundaries you see you understand you can't love god unless you love those who he has allowed you to be tangible with is that correct in this case your family there's there's actually a deception which initiates uh here making one a liar. And I want you to look now the Apostle John will tell us in 1 John 4 and 20, he said, For if a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he had seen, how can he love God whom he had not seen? So you can't love God unless you love those who he has allowed you to be tensible with. Is that right? Amen. How can you love a God who you have not seen? You don't know Him. But yet God has placed the greatest thing that He can ever give you and the gift to you by giving you a loved one, a husband, a wife, a mother, a father, a daughter, an in-law, whatever the relationship may be, God has placed it right there in your care. So developing a healthy family requires love and time. You don't just, you got to invest into it. You've got to put into it. You've got to empty out into that relationship. It's not going to happen like that. You've got to pour into that relationship. And being critical and judgmental without any compassion can uh, uh, detrimentally uh, destroy a family dynamics. It really can. It, it just... It brings that family to that place. I've heard fathers criticize sons. uh, Mothers criticize daughters. And and so brutally uh, allow their words to just crush their spirit. Until it it, it comes to a place where they carry that wound all through their life. And you know what it does? Eventually destroy their destiny and their life. Their self-worth and everything that they are. How important is this for your family to be loved? How important it is for you to love your family? When was the last time some of you say, I love you? I don't mean I love you. We use that word every day. I love you. 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 When was the last time in the midst of a conflict you look at someone and you tell them you love them? That's, that's You know, it's, it's, good. it's good when man's speaking well of you to say nice things. But when you're in the midst of resolving a family, you can still look beyond that and say, you know what? Regardless of what's on the surface, beyond that surface, there's something that's greater and deeper than I love. And that's the real you. Why don't you start with that? Amen. And tear down the walls and boundaries. I love you. Hallelujah. I hear people use that frivolously. I love you. I love you. It's become a terminology. It's got to be more than just a phrase. It's got to be a reality with a meaning behind it. With some substance behind it. Being critical and judgmental without any compassion can be detrimental to your family dynamics. How love demonstrates care and prioritizing shows importance, and God wants us to do that. He wants us to love and prioritize our families. Our love will just express it, 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 it express our compassion and our care. Just how are you doing? Uh, how was life? I was coming in the elevator. I was. I think I forgot where I was. Uh, coming, oh yes, I was in a hospital visiting someone, praying I, for someone in a hospital, and I walked in, and I, 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 a gentleman was there. He had, he, had a, um, he had a walking cane in his hands. He smiled at me, and I said, How are you? He said, I'm doing good. He said, How are you doing? I said, I'm doing good, just doing life. That's what it is. Just doing life. You can't de- deter from where God has brought you into, you've got to do life. You can't can't exempt yourself from doing life. You can't shortcut doing life. you got to go through life. You can't go above it, under it, around it. Life is meant to walk through it. And yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your family members need to feel love, acceptance, and importance. And communication, communicating love to your family is your powerful base. And it will speak for you even when words are not spoken. It is, it is. It is a powerful base. When you communicate these very vital words to your loved one. You can do it. You can make it. You're able to take it. You were born for this. You can rise above this. You can overcome this. Nothing can stop you. You're invincible. You're victorious. You'll reach the top. You've got to learn to put it in your mouth. You believe it. Prioritizing your family. Is the foundation that establishes a strong home, a strong community, and a strong environment. Let me just move, otherwise we'll be here all night. Fourthly, God asks uh, ask, uh, you to, to be transparent with Him. Ask God to help you manage your emotions. You know, emotions play a lot in the family. Because we don't always feel the same way. But we have to harness our spirits uh, to sync with everyone else's spirits. So that we can flow in the right direction. Even if you don't feel like it. If it's for a good cause. You make yourself flow into that direction. So God God, asks us to bring ourselves to this place. And to ask him to help us manage our emotions. Everybody say emotions. Emotions has a lot to do with your spirituality. With your success. With your health. With your mind. With everything that concerns you. Emotions has a lot to do with that. If you get up in your mor- in the morning and your emotions are here. That's how your day will be. But if your emotions have reached a, a pinnacle. That's where you're coming to. And you have to control that. Solomon will tell us in Proverbs 25 and 28, he that had no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It is imperative that you keep your emotions and behavior in check because your spirit controls your emotions. And you have to keep your spirit in check. I don't care how I feel today. It doesn't matter what the devil tells me today. I will control the spirit and say, by God's grace and by his help, I shall excel. You believe it? He said, he that had no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. I read just this week in Fox News News. Uh, and family, it says that uh, uh, the, the, the ratio for uh, teenage suicide is becoming so drastic and so fast and increasing every day. You know why? Because young people are not finding their worth. They're not finding their worth and who they are. They're not learning that their spirits have got to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And on top of that, it's not just saying I got the Holy Ghost or, or jump or shout or dance, but allowing the Spirit of God to move every day in your lives. said, oh God, today, Lord, I want my spirit to be strong. Great ratio. I forgot what percentage of it it says of America and teenage suicide. Why? Because they're so filled. They're so filled with all these things. And the enemy just plagues their emotions. You can't serve God by emotions, church. Emotions that don't do anything for you. It's good to have emotions, but you've got to serve God by a revelation of who you are. And that your spirit is in sync with the Holy Spirit. And you're not running the ship. God is. You believe it. Emotions will fool you. The Bible says, "Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun uh, go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil." Ephesians four twenty six through twenty seven. Be angry and sin not. In other words, you're, you can allow your emotions to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, to where you will not greet God, but handle the matters that are before you. Don't tell me we don't get hangry, angry. We all get angry. We get upset. But what is God is saying here? He said you've got to learn to manage your emotions. You've got to learn to cut off points when to stop and let God take over. You've got to learn how to turn it over to Jesus and let him work it out. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Turn it over and let God do it tonight. God help us is my prayer. The angry and sin not. That's right. The ability to demonstrate temperance and self-control is a sign of spiritual maturity. I hear people, oh I'm mature, I'm mature, I know the message, I know the mystery, I went to a meeting, I filled with the Holy Ghost. Well let me tell you something, the ability to demonstrate temperance and self-control is a sign of spiritual maturity. Is that right? Lord God, help me how to control my temperance and my my self-control. This is what really shows my spiritual level of who I am. Because all this on the outside is a facade. You got blessed. You got lifted up. You got worked up. You got a good emotion. That's good. But God is saying, I'm speaking to you where you live now. Where are you at in me? Where is your temperance in God? Behaving Irrational and undisciplined will add fuel to life, to the fire rather. It does. And times we're so irrational and undisciplined about matter, it just it just, add, it just adds fuel to the fire. You've got to learn how to manage your, your, your emotions. Control, as mama used to say, control yourself. Is that right? We're not babies, we're grown people. We shouldn't be acting like like the young teenagers or others maybe, and and forgive me, young people, but I'm saying, those of you that are older, you got to learn how to manage your emotions. You can't be talking to me about mysteries and, and all spiritual things when you're struggling with your emotions. It starts with your emotions. You wake up in the morning with your emotions. You go to sleep with your emotions. Your emotions control you. Look at Proverbs 11 and 29. A He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. Understand the strife and contention will cause unwanted storms and trouble in your home. It's ultimately what he's saying. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the storm, the wind, troubles. Ask God for the wisdom to develop. Coping skills and anger management techniques when trying to resolve family issues. We don't hear about these things. We want to go and we want to hear great things and we want to hear something that excites us. But I'm down where you live tonight. We need to learn how to manage our, our, our anger. Some of us, we really need man- uh, 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 anger management. The best Anger management is to allow God to control your emotions. Say, God, take over this emotion. I don't mean mean, uh, anger in a way that is uh, physical, but uh, many of us, we have anger in a verbal way that affects everything that's around us. And it can be just as devastating as a a physical anger expression. So we need to ask God to help us to develop coping skills to learn how to manage uh, anger. and Techniques, uh, how to go about in life. When I feel this thing coming on me, we need to learn and say, God, help me how to manage this emotion. Help me how to cry out to you and to turn from this madness. That has overcome me. We're too late in the hour, friends, to allow life to consume us. We're too late in the hour to allow emotions and everything else to control us. We need God to control our spirits. And this is how we can have healthy families. Learn from God. And he will teach you in the right direction. Learn from God how to manage your emotions. Learn from God how to deal with things. Ask God how to deal with it. You young people, you're going into life now. You're going to deal with matters. You're going to start dealing with people in your class, on your jobs. You're in society. You're going to learn things. The world is out there and it's coming at you. You've got to learn as a Christian that you have to be strong in your spirit. Strong in your spirit. Let's read that again if you don't mind. Amen. He didn't had no rule over his spirit. It's like a city that's broken down without walls. You need a strong spirit that will build up a strong parapet against the enemy. Satan is going to try every one of you young people. He's going to test your testimony of who you are as believers. You've got to learn to build up that spiritual wall that God has given you. Praise God. You believe it. Let me move. I gotta move quickly. Fifthly, communicate life and not death over your families. Look at Proverbs 18 and 21. The Bible said, Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Communication is the hub of the family. Understand that. It is the hub of the family. No communication, no family. No communication, no relationship. No communication, no marriage. No communication, no relationships. It is the hub of the family. Are you following me tonight? Listen this week, God really dealt with me as I was preparing these segments, two or three days just shut into the house. Amen, just God, just keep dealing with me and dropping these nuggets into my spirit and God spoke to me and told me that communication is the hub of the family. it is the solar power within the family. Are you following me tonight? You love him and the lack of effective communication can be detrimental. Very detrimental. Our words have the power to kill or to make a life. Choose to speak life into your family. Use your words to edify. Build up instead of tearing down. Learn how to discuss your problems and formulate uh, uh, solutions through effective communication. It is a hub. How are we going to resolve this problem? How are we going to take care of this problem from now on? We can't live with just a white elephant in a room forever. How are we going to deal with these problems? We were born to be problem solvers. Look at Proverbs 15 verses 1 and 4. I've got to move quickly. Notice a soft answer. Turn it away, wrath, But grievous words, stir up uh, anger. The tongue of the wise use it knowledge uh, rights. But the mouth of the fool poured out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A wholesome tongue is the tree of life. What do you need in a family that is a tree of life? You have the power to produce fruits in your family. Let me just move along. Sixthly, I want you to learn the the art of listening. That's a big problem. We've got to learn the art of listening. Look at James 1 and 19. The Bible said, We're my brethren, beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rat. Listening is a great tool to help resolve issues and conflicts in family. Sometimes all you got to do is listen. Listening is a very powerful application in learning how to resolve the matters within your family. Learn how to listen. We all know how to talk, but we can harness ourselves how to listen. Is that correct? Learn the art of listening. Some problems in a family tonight may not require fixing, but all to do with required listening. That's all there is. If you're just doing all the talking and somebody's trying to apologize about the problem, the problem never gets fixed. Learn how to listen. Lord God, teach me, Lord. Teach me. Teach me tonight. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rat. Many solutions are discovered by listening to the concerns of others. You believe that? Allow your family members the opportunity to be heard during discussion and disagreements. This sends a message to them that they're important and what they're saying does matter. It does matter what someone has to say. You may not agree with that person, but they've got a right to their opinion. And many times just listening over a matter would help circumstances. God help us is my prayer tonight. You understand that God is our Father and He is omnipresent and omniscient. And he humbled himself to listen to our prayers and concerns every single day. What if God take on the same mentality that we take on? Well, I I, I don't don't want to listen to you all. You do just talk a bunch of gibberish and nonsense. You know what God does? He takes everything that we have. He listens and he filters it all out. Aren't you glad about it? He filters it all out. And he puts the words back in the right perspective because he listens to us. We have to learn the skill of listening. Are you following me tonight? Yes. May God help us is my prayer. May God help us all to come to that place. Lord Jesus, help me to be a good listener. Help me to be a good listener. A very... Wonderful friend of mine, a brother of whom I succeeded in this area, Brother Billy Andrews, sought me a very beautiful thing one time. He said, Brother Hammett, he said, when I'm in a presence with a number of pastors and ministers and everything, he said, uh, normally I will just be quiet and I wouldn't say anything. And I said, Well, why is that, Brother Billy? He said, Because it's very beneficial to me. He said, because if I don't say anything, I know what I know. And then when I leave, I know what I know and what everybody else knows. (laughs) That's a good principle, isn't it? Because I listen. Because I listen. Sometimes we just open this out and let too much out of it. Amen. We just need to keep it in and let God help us to control what we are having to deal with. Seventhly, learn to protect your family privacy. And I close with this. In Deuteronomy 29 and 29, you don't have to blare everything out. You understand that God give you a family and there should be certain stipulations in a family and certain privacy within a family. And just because we are the family of God doesn't mean that we share every detail of our life with everybody. Simply because you hear somebody's going through this. Well, let me tell you about mine. No, tell that person you're praying with them about that situation. I'm talking about the applications of avoiding our conflicts. Look at Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. The Bible said the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. And they may be and they may do all the words of his law. That we may do all the words of his law. Everyone should not have access to your family private matters. You understand that? Listen to me tonight. As a pastor and experienced pastor, that is the biggest problem in church. When you open your mouth and you blab, and blab every secret of your family to everybody else in the church. And then you bring your problems to me to fix it. And then everybody else has give, give you ten different opinions uh, of what you should do or you shouldn't do. And you find yourself upside down in life. You need uh, to learn how to guard your family affairs. Come on now. I'm talking to you tonight. Always protect your family uh, p- uh, privacy. Confidentiality is a protection of data and information that only concern people you should have access to. Not everybody else. Those information, those data should only be to people you have access to. Not everybody. Social media is not where you put it for sure. You don't tell everybody about this problem. You take it to God in prayer. You got to learn uh, how to harness yourself. Learn to protect your family. Privacy. Privacy is a protection of the people who are involved. You got to learn to do that. Choose the appropriate person to tell your private matters to. Don't tell everybody your private matters. Tell it to Jesus. You're struggling with some, some uh, habitual uh, problem. You tell it to Jesus. You're dealing with some depravity in your life. Tell it to Jesus. When you verbalize depravity you're dealing with in your life, you spread it out into the open and allow demonic spirits to get into it. What do you think priests and nuns become uh, the way they are? Because everybody comes before them and confess their sexual sins to them. This is why they turn out to be homosexual and lesbians and such sin is committed under Catholicism. A man is not to be confessed those things to. You take it to Jesus Christ. You got a demon you need to be prayed off of you. You bring it to God and just let God move on the scene. Have the man of God lay his hands upon you and cast that devil out of your life. But your sexual sins and your depravities in your life, you take to Jesus. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. Don't come telling me you're having a confession meeting. That's nothing about inviting demons into your midst. because spirits spreads and they get upon people, you understand. And God is wanting us to harness our life under the headship of privacy and protection of our well-being and our family. You love the Lord. Look, I speak from experience. I speak from experience. I knew, I knew of two pastors. Young pastors who started off, they wouldn't be young enough, they were still in the ministry. Who started off with this confession of uh, ministry of having, having young women and women in their church come to them and confess their their faults and their depravities and their sensualities. And because of this, spirits have gotten upon them. And in their congregation, they end up in an affair with these same women who has confessed these sensualities that arouse the spirits within their lives. Today, they're out in the world. They're back sitting. They're out there just because the spirit was invited in. Learn how to bring it to Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Take it to the Lord, and He will work it out. Take it to God, and work it out. You young people, whatever you're struggling with, take it to Jesus, and He'll work it out. Don't never let me hear you going and confessing that to anybody else but Jesus Christ in this church. If you're struggling with lust and other things, you take it to Jesus Christ. I don't want to hear about it. Take it to Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know why? Because no human mind is strong enough to comprehend these kind of a behaviors in humanity. Your imagination will go to playing with you. Your minds will go to riding on you. Your mind in quiet moments will begin to replay words to you that will arouse feelings that are ungodly and dreadful in the sight of God. Take it to the Lord. Choose the appropriate person to tell your private matters to. And that is problems. Social media is not always appropriate when sharing private family matters. Don't go to social media and tell everybody about it. My daughter is this. My in-law is this. Listen, there's better way to have people pray for you than for the world to know about it. All the little praying hands don't do nothing. It's just somebody to gossip over your problems. Take it to the Lord and say, God, I know you're able to see me through, Lord. I know you're able to help me in this problem. Don't think that you've got lords that you can go to, go to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the church is the pastor of this church. I'm here to help you. And I'm here to pray with you. I'm here, I'm here to lay hands on you. If there's a demonic spirit that's bothering you or some foul spirits, but when it comes to your habits and your depravities and, and, and your dilemmas, you go to Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? You take it to the Lord and leave it there and say, God, I know you're able to help me with this matter. You understand what I'm saying tonight? because man has no power to control your depravities man has no power to control your sexualities and your lusts, only God can remember to protect yourself and the people that you love be both integral and ethical build on family integrity and not on just reputation Your family repetition and the public's perception does not matter. However, the integrity in private matters and your family's personal protection at home should be prioritized. It's none of your business. Y'all quiet on me tonight. I'm not preaching some new doctrine. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you how to avoid problems in your life. I'm teaching you how to be better people in Christ Jesus. You ought to be hailing me on and so say, thank God we don't have a pope over us. We don't have some bishop over us that runs our lives. But is pointing us to Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. You love him. It's important to note that private matters that involve situation of abuse and mistreatment should be handled with care and reported to the proper authorities and counselors. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not naive over there are there's some actually there's some real problems but these problems should be handled with a qualified kind of people over these matters. Don't go to somebody else that don't understand what you're dealing with to deal with it. You're only casting your burden upon that person instead of upon the Lord. It does not help matters. Find the right resources and use it because God has given us the right resources. Let me close by this, if the musicians will come quickly, least seek godly counseling uh, when uh, family counsel a conflict uh, is out of hand. See, I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not trying to to dodge my job and and not be a counselor to you. I'm just trying to tell you there is a proper way to approach matters. Because every matter has got a place. And you got to know what place to take those matters to. Does does that make sense? Look at Proverbs 11 and 14. uh, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Understand that conflict resolution can be a difficult task to handle. And there are times when a godly, experienced, trusted pastor is needed. Someone who has the ability to look into that matter and say, let me say this without bias, without being partial. Let me say this. You're right, you're wrong, or you're right, wrong, or you're right. Sometimes you need somebody to advocate the problem. But you have to choose that person rightly. You don't go to the young people and discuss your marriage problems. You don't go to somebody else in the church and they don't understand what you're saying. You've got to put the problem in the right place and let God work it out. Does that make sense tonight? Don't be ashamed. Afraid. And prideful to ask for help. You see, it is beneficial to have someone who's skilled and trained and qualified to mediate family conflicts. You, you don't just go to everybody over those things. And I, I, look, I'm not trying to solicit work here. You understand what I'm saying? You're more than welcome to come. But the ability and gift is there in my life to do it. But I'm just saying, you don't go to Tom, Dick, and Harry. Amen. Over every little family matter and squirrels in your family and and things is happening because you are going to dig yourself into a graveyard. You understand what I'm saying? It's important. I'm talking about the application of resolving problems. You need able counselors. You need able people. You need people with that gift and that ability to learn how to go into that problem and deal with that problem, put a knife to it, and end it right there. Is that correct? Yes. Because you see, the goal is to resolve any issues that are hindering the family. And everyone in your family may not have the skills and the uh, emotional ability to successfully reconcile situations. So is everyone in the church. that everybody has that ability and that anointing and gift in their life to bring reconciliation to problems. You understand, you've got to pray about these things and ask God for the right leadership. Where to go with the problems. Call on an able counselor to assist in a family in the process. I'm telling you to be re- willing to receive instruction and directives to apply into family conflict that will bring about positive changes in your life. Go to the right people. Don't just go to just anybody in your life. Look, friends, this is a problem I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with with, with crazy nonsense that's going on in people's life. Well, I talked to this person. I talked to that person. I talked to this one. She told me this. They told me this. Why don't you take it to the Lord or someone who is qualified to deal with the problem? Don't make anybody your idols. Don't make anybody your Lord's. Don't make anybody your absolutes. Find that right place to take that problem and lay it right there and say, Lord, I seek help. Now I ask you to come and help me with this problem. Do you love the Lord? Is this wise counsel tonight? Is this wise preaching tonight? Young people, hear me. I'm telling you all the truth. Don't you all go to other young people and deal with your problem. Go to Jesus Christ. Say, Lord God, you can help me with this problem. Young man, take your problems to Jesus Christ. If you need to see me as a pastor, come to me about it. There's few men who have the gift to take a problem in a room, reconcile it, walk out of that room, and never even remember it or bring it back up. That's a gift from God. And you're blessed with that in this church. Let's all stand to your feet. You love the Lord. Applications to avoid conflict. I've got to stop. Amen. May God bless you. You appreciate Jesus tonight. Forgive me for preaching. I got a little riled up there, but I was supposed to be teaching. But I have to tell you the truth. Sometimes you got to preach it to drive it home. You understand what I'm saying? Are you willing to are you really willing to receive directives and counseling, friends? Are you willing to say, God, I come before you like Solomon? I preach the Son of the Lord. Give me a wise and understanding heart. Give me a heart, oh God. Uh, teach me, oh God. I don't care who it is that's up here. Teach me something. Tell me something. You're never too old to learn. Let me be open to counseling, Lord. Let me be open. To, to learn and to come before you and end uh, this mass confusion in my life. End uh, this madness that's going on inside of me. End this, uh, this, this crazy uh, feeling that I have inside of me. God, I want to end it tonight. I want to just end this thing. I'm tired of dealing with this. Pastors, preach to us the solutions tonight. Do you love God tonight? Do you appreciate Do you receive the word tonight? Listen, I'm telling you the truth, friends. What I'm telling you is godly, holy counseling from God and wisdom from the Holy Spirit. This, this, this didn't come with me going on TikTok or, or, or YouTube or, or, or everything else. It takes prayer before Almighty God. Seeking the mind of God for the congregation so you can be blessed. I told the devil the other day, I refuse for anybody under my ministry to live dumb and to live without direction and to live in mass confusion and to live in chaos. I refuse it because God will fill me with the wisdom to preach the truth to them. If you're willing to receive it, you can receive it in Jesus' name. You can benefit from this. God bless you. Thank you so much. I love you. Sing a song, brother.
0: Well, I'm thankful for it to our lives. Amen. 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 Let's Thank praise you. Him. Well, I feel like praising, praising
1: Him. Oh, I, I feel, feel like praising, like praising Him.
3: Praising him. Oh, I'm going to praise Him in the morning. In the morning.
1: Praise, praise him. him all day long. I feel Praising, praising him. You want to serve him? Let's sing it that way. Will I feel like, like serving, serving him? Can I get a witness?
3: Chao you tonight we appreciate each and every one of you I took a little time over my limit trying to keep the service to about eight thirty let you out so you can get your families back in I do want to say this God bless you all those on online uh, resume back with us on Sunday evening if you're not able to attend the service at six p.m we'll be streaming and may God really really bless you good as we're coming to the weekend Shalom to you God is wonderful. Paul to help us